Welcome to Finding Emo, our podcast where we discuss our favorite albums from the early aughts and thereabouts. Mi nombre es Blake Fisher. <laughs> Hola. <laughs> and I am joined in person, by the way, because Chris is in town, by Chris Monier and Kyle Simmons. We are all in the same room. It's very fun and nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a surprise. Yeah. And, like, I just didn't tell them I was going to be here. It just all happened so fast, and they were like... Let's do it Sunday night. And I was like, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm like a few miles I'm away from you guys. <laughs> in town on Sunday night. Uh, works well. So we're all in the same room. Um, not that you all care at all. If you're listening to this, you probably maybe didn't know that we weren't normally in the same room. <laughs> it, pr- it probably feels different. It probably does a little bit. Different vibe. Uh, today on the podcast, we are talking about the Rocket Summer's 2003 record, Calendar Days. Rocket Summer, a.k.a. Bryce Avery and Kyle Simmons is going to tell us about this record. Very little information you could find <laughs> about it. Volumous okay, yeah. amount of info here. Okay, everyone, brace for this information. <laughs> I know that it came out in 2003. I know that Bryce wrote, recorded, and produced this record. True. And that's about all that I know. And that's about all the information that exists on the internet. Militia group. That's true. Militia militia group. Militia group. Also, uh, it it is alleged that he started this record when he was 14. So he maybe started writing these songs or something? Yeah. Because there was like an EP he did before this. Um. Yeah, maybe some of these. And then something I didn't know, and I still have not heard it, I haven't heard the Japanese bonus track. I have not either. What, do, what, do we have a name for it? Do She's a seven, is huh? what it's called. This <laughs> <laughs> is a really sweet thing to say about somebody. <laughs> She's like pretty hot, but not all the way to She's ten. She's pretty all right. I've got to hear this song now. I've got <laughs> yeah, to know the I'm context. i intrigued. Is it, and also, like, how I receive that title is the exact opposite of all the rest of the vibes that come from this album. Yeah. yeah. Songs are really sweet and just like, like it, if, if we were and... following the rest of the vibes, it's like, she's like an 11, you yeah. know? Well, cause like, I mean, here's something that I know about this record is that like, I mean, he's been with the same girl for 20 years now or whatever. I mean, it's like, Oh, the, like, like the, it's not romantic. It's weird. No, no, no. I'm just no, no. Like I'm just saying. I can. I know that. Like he's. I mean, he's been. He was dating that girl and then married to her for forever. I mean, and I so, thought you were implying that like they were the kind of people that don't kiss. They only butterfly kiss until they get married. And oh no, I don't know. I don't. I have, I have any kind of. It. I don't have any insight into <laughs> that level of his personal life. I just know that like he was, like, I think her name's Tara, and because he mentions it on the next record, her yeah. name. Uh, and I, so I think there are songs about her on this record. And then obviously by the next one, we know she's his baby on this record. Yeah. And so, you know, that's also maybe a rare thing. Don't have a lot of multiple albums about the same, same girl for that one. Well, and I have no clue how this record did, but here's three of us dudes. We know this record. We know it well. And like, I feel like everybody knew about it. Yep. Nope. I, I remember playing it for Jeff. Yep. Um, in my car because I was excited to play it for him. He loved it. Yeah. Like he was into it instantly. Yeah, yeah I think. Uh, yeah, I mean that's probably that, that's the extent of the the research. I mean that's it. I mean it's uh, for real. Yeah. Like, I haven't. I have a. This is so awesome. I I have pulled up and bookmarked a punknews.org article from two thousand and three. I'd like to save it 
for a little bit because it's going okay. to Please do. it's going to pertain to the vibe. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's fine with me. Uh, so I mean, let's just talk about I guess first impressions since there's just not a lot of like research to do on this album. I mean, I guess first let's talk about. I mean, he does play everything on this record and produced it and did the artwork. I mean, it's it like Chris always joked about <laughs> Chris is always like, just could not do anything. Yeah. On, like he, had to, he had to make a little drawing the for the front, too. He had to. I uh, Yeah. <laughs> and it's all cool. It's all good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's he's clearly uh, very talented, very creative. Um, and that was obviously there were a few other people doing similar stuff. I mean, obviously we did say anything. That's a kind of an example of, uh, of someone that was kind of doing multi-instrumental stuff. I always bring up Pete Yorn, not that he's emo at all, but you know, he was doing bass and drums and stuff on the record too. Um, and, uh, kind of a cool thing. And I feel like we've gotten a lot more of those things in the, in the aftermath of the early two thousands. But what were y'all's first impressions? How did you find out about it, et cetera, et cetera, Kyle? So, um, the, the our listeners in particular, maybe in Kuwait, those listening, <laughs> those ones, all those folks in Kuwait listening, sup? Um, they might remember last week uh, we we spoke about how he was on tour with the format, right? Oh, and right. and it, I was introduced to them at the same show. So he played with the format uh, at Rocket Town, and you said at your show that like everybody came out and played together. And I'm actually, I think, after thinking more about it, I think this show was specifically acoustic, and so they didn't do that at the show uh. that I was at. So I didn't hear any format songs in full band. And also, my introduction to Rocket Summer was just him in an acoustic. So okay. I didn't really know, but I will say my first impression was, and even won't get too far ahead of myself, but like my lasting, one of my lasting impressions is that this, this dude is the real deal. He's super talented, but there is this vibe that comes from his music that like radiates off of him in person. Yeah. He's 100% the positive uh, you know, dude that you think that he is when you listen to this music. But to a point where you almost think it's not real. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And 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 it, but but also but had I I cannot remove the fact that I saw him I saw him live. I got to meet him. He was so friendly. I cannot remove that from my first impression of this record because I bought it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, he is this super friendly, really nice dude. And so I was all in. And one of the things I kept asking myself this week was like, how did this record make people feel that never got to see him or get a feel for his vibe? And like also not not to make light of something serious, but like how rough is this record for someone who might be depressed or... Yeah. <laughs> Like, oh, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, like he is—he is a ray of sunshine, and um, and yeah, that's a great way. That's so, a great yeah. description. And and like, <laughs> who's who's dying of exposure? You know what I mean? Like from from this, because like it's a lot. Yeah, and 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 so I'll just say for now, my first impression of him was like, 
this kid is really happy and and is this real? And then I got to meet him after the show and I was like, you know what? I think it is. And I decided from that moment that like he he was the, who he was portraying to be. And so I liked it and I was into it. And also, um, because of the vibe of this show, I couldn't help but kind of think about Dashboard. And it was just so different from that and so, so happy. And I mean, this is like, this is the happiest music I had ever heard. <laughs> I think that's pretty fair. And so... Other than, like, maybe Mr. Blue Skies by ELO. I mean, that's, like, the happiest <laughs> song I feel like I've ever written. But it's just... It's, like, one level it's under that. one yeah. level. And, and constant, right? Yeah. Like, that song oh, no, is song. only so long. But right. this... But this keeps this, going. Yeah, it yeah. keeps going. So, that's mine. Yeah, I think uh, that's... I think all that is pretty spot on. Chris, what was yours? Because you introduced me to this. So where was your, like, how did you figure out about it? Well, I remember? think, I, I, my man, I think it had something to do with, uh, one of our friends at the militia group, like okay. telling me about it or maybe okay. even giving me the CD. Okay. And I remember specifically him being like, same thing you said, like he played all the instruments, he did all the stuff and, you know, in classic militia group form, you know, you pop it in the first track is, uh, I wouldn't call it a banger, but yeah, because it starts super, slow, it's, right? It's, but the it's pretty song good. <laughs> is very yeah, good great. for yeah. how young I knew he was, and I, you know, I just really, really enjoyed it. Um, and to the point where, I mean, I guess all albums have like different degrees of me enjoying them at, at that age. But the the way you could tell Chris Monet like really liked a record is like how much he would tell his friends about it. So yeah. I remember I like was telling. All of you guys like, oh, you have to listen. It's so good. It's so happy and fun. And he did it all by himself. Like that, I think that was that was pretty interesting at the time, right? That was we yeah, were all in bands. Like it was all about having four or five dudes and playing songs. And like it wasn't. It was there wasn't a lot of guys that we, or a lot of bands or musicians that we knew that were doing that all, you know, playing everything by themselves kind of thing. Well, and that was part of the reason I think you like told me about it because you were like you'll dig it yeah yeah yeah. like you specifically were like you will like it like this is up your alley you always knew i was the poppy guy <laughs> and, and you were like you're gonna dig it and i and you and you were like and he reminds me of you somehow and we did like we both had long hair at the time yeah. we were both like i was doing the same thing like trying to play multi i mean i wasn't doing it as well he's a better uh, multi-instrumentalist than i am he's but pretty good he's he's better than i was i i look back and i'm like i should have had other people playing on my records <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, so that's mine is that you told me, you were like, I, he reminds me of you. I know you'll like it. And I'm pretty sure it was like on MySpace or something like that. Probably oh, that I actually okay. checked it out. And yeah, immediately, I think I bought it. Like, I think I bought it from his website. Oh, nice. Like, I, I don't think I even, maybe I did get, buy it at a store. I don't really remember where Dude, I got the I CD. Remember I remember the it. website because it was the same artwork. I yeah. think a lot of people had to buy it on there because yeah. it was hard to find the record in stores. So yeah, um, this was pre-digital music where you just buy you know buy the uh, the yeah. actual tracks online. You had to actually get the CD. So, man, yeah, yeah. So that was my kind of first, and I that. and I'm I was with you. I I I feel like it's um, I feel like he you either really are into him or you're not at all. I don't feel like there's a lot of people that are like, yeah, I like it. All right. There's no in between. There's yeah. no in between. Yeah. I, and I, and I don't know if that's, uh, I think it's partially the bubbly pop stuff. I think it's also, I think his voice is one of those ones that people either go like, yeah, I'm in or no, I'm not. Right. Like, I, I think that's a fair assessment, I agree. uh, from 
my having talked to people be like, do you like rock or somewhere? They're like, either like, absolutely not. Or, or they, <laughs> no, or that they, is not for me. Or they really love it. And that's it. There's like, I feel like there is no, the pendulum is one way or the other, uh, with, with him. And so, and live, you're right. It's like, you're like, is this real? Like, I mean, cause you're right. He just radiates it. Yeah. Yep. It's like, he's bouncing all over the place. And, uh, he, he's the green Skittle of, of music. Like, do Wait. you want do you want lime? Oh, okay. Or do you want green apple? And people are furiously divided by it. Guys, I was so mad when I discovered that they had changed it to green apple. It's freaking disgusting. I like had a bag and I was like, what happened? When did this happen? <laughs> what did I do wrong? And I looked it up and I was like, it was like six years after it happened. Apparently I had not had a bag of Skittles yep. in a very long time. And I was like on Twitter mad and so, like, that oh happened God. so long ago. And I was like, Well, I just found out about this. Anyway, That's funny uh, tirade on uh, on I'm definitely on gross sour, uh, yeah, sour, sour apple. apple. Why would you? It was a perfect blend. What a before, lame guys. flavor. Why would you do it? Um, yeah. So I mean, all that to say, uh, I I the sh- so that same tour. Obviously, you saw them in Nashville mm-hmm. at like an acoustic thing. I uh, he did full band. It was really just him and a drummer and. ADAT machines playing other guitar and bass lines and stuff, uh, which that was the technology in 2003, I'm sure. Like, we weren't running Pro Tools on a laptop yet. That's what the Rejects did, right? They had those tapes. Yeah, All My did that, too. They they, When it was just um, Nick and Ty, they did did ADATs for, I guess, the drums, too, though, because they played bass and guitar. Uh, and so this was a drummer in him, and then and he at one point like they switched or something like that. They were they were each playing different stuff. Like he either played keys or guitar, and the drummer was playing that or something else. But um, yeah, so I had gone to see him at that show. So I mean, I I mean we you must have told me about it really early into that album coming out because I mean it well, was two thousand three. If my story is sure. right, then I I found out about it from his label, so I might even yeah. have had a copy. So you like might have had it beforehand before it came or something. Out. Um, so and, yeah. here, okay. So here's a question because I know, I know I at least ran into you, Blake. I may have a false memory of seeing you, Chris, but I'm pretty sure we all went and saw him in Norman. I was definitely that. that show. Okay. Yeah. So what was he doing then? Because remember he did, he did like that last, um, he did like the last few songs where he would start the song you know, on the base, and then how, so it was still the machines you're talking about. Like no, no, no. By then I it mean, was that, looped. I thought the only the because I thought he had a loop station. That tour in 2003 is the only time I saw him with ADATs. Okay, the, cool. The next every other time he had a full band. That yeah. time he was they were live looping stuff at the board. Uh, That's like, right. He'd start That's on drums. Right. They'd loop it. Then he'd go play a bass line. Then who, he'd go play a guitar line. Who but they opened were for him? The sound. Um, was that Copeland and? I saw they, OU was killing it back then yep. with the shows yeah. at the Union because I know I saw Copeland there, Rocket Summer, Limbeck, Loper through this show. He probably did. Oh, that sounds right. Yeah, yeah. And um, I know I saw. I know I saw you guys there. Yeah, I was. Um, I, yeah, I don't think I would have missed one of his shows. I, I think really, it was. Co- I was a huge fan. I think it was Copeland. Maybe Man, not. I wish I knew. I I feel like that's not right for this. But I, mean, I saw Copeland in that same place. Uh huh. I don't know if it was the same show though, and he also played outdoors at OU one yep. time, yep. Uh, which is a great show. So those were both after the outdoor one was after Do You Feel, and the the indoor one I think was after the second record. I'm pretty sure. I like think they were because because you're probably the most capable. Do you want to like try and paint a picture with words of what we're like 
trying to describe what he did there, like with the multi instrumental yeah, so things. So he, so like, there was one song where the band left, and he went up and started playing drums. And like, while he's jamming on like kind of a drum solo kind of thing, he starts playing a beat, and then I guess the sound. I don't know actually what they were using. I assume he had some sort of loop station, and the sound guy actually looped it. I think because there's no way he could have done that from the stage. Loops a drum part, and then he goes and picks up a bass. He starts playing a bass line for a while. They loop that, and then he goes and gets a guitar. It starts looping that, and then he starts looping vocals on top of it. So basically, by the end of it, it's like this full band coming out of the speakers, but it's really just like him on a microphone, and he's played. He's just ran around the stage to play all the individual parts. And it was so it awesome. It was very cool. <laughs> That's really cool. And it was like a song he just like he didn't make up the song obviously at the time, but it wasn't like a song from the record. Not, not at all. It was like a. It was just like him jamming, and then and some you know melody on top of it it was really cool and uh and it was a um you know shortly after that you started seeing people do that with guitars yep. a lot i mean there were people um, he was the first i ever remember seeing doing that for sure like i mean now what's I his was, name uh ed sheeran does that yeah. like all the time He's oh really crazy loop station where yeah. he can not with all the drums and stuff but he can do crazy stuff nice uh, he's got this like I think it's like custom. I don't even think it's yeah, a real thing you could buy. He's just swagger jacking uh, the Rocket Summer. Yeah, yeah exactly. He knows Been it. They've done that, man. Not cool. He Ed. knows it. Um, yeah. So, uh, talented guy. Definitely, you're right. If you were like, I mean, this is the opposite of emo. In my, <laughs> oh my god, absolutely. <laughs> haircut. I mean, yeah. Although that, yeah, yeah, the with haircut. the exception of the fashion. Yeah. Uh, which we'll talk more about the haircut maybe when we do the second record because that was. Uh, but it's another one of those bands where he just was part of that scene. He like, was for whatever reason. I mean, well, uh, where else do you put him? I I don't. Also, know. well, I think Militia Group. I think the label is is a big reason yeah, of that. Right. And then he was touring with all those bands too. Right. Yeah. And all those bands, like I mean, all the bands that showed up in the Do You Feel video. I mean, you can tell it's like the guys well liked. Yep. All the well, I mean, everybody's in that you, freaking video. How yeah. do you not like him? Yeah, how could yeah. you not? He is, You'd have to be a, like a real jerk to yeah, be I, like mm. on the tour on the album that, that came out after too. this. A friend of mine was like interviewing him for something and had me do like photography for it, which is hilarious. I'm not a photographer, <laughs> guys. Awesome. I don't know if you know this. Uh, I did it for she did it for Yellow Card and for this and the, the I think the Rocket Summer one was first and my dad still had just film. I did it on film. Crazy and. Uh, and you're just like hoping something turns out. And yeah, he was super nice. Uh, great guy. And then, um, you know, the photo, like one photo turned out okay. <laughs> hey, that's all you need, man. <laughs> just needed one. That's all you need. So, uh, so yeah, that was, uh, it was funny. It was Alex that was, that was doing oh, the, weird. the interview with him, and, who I ran into at Target the other day, actually. So, um, fun stuff. So anyway, uh, that, that was kind of how, um, I guess I got introduced, and that's kind of our initial impressions. Yeah. Should we jump into track by track? I, I don't see why not. Well, I'm all about it. All right. Well, so track one is uh, Cross My Heart. Here we go. Time to get to better days. Thoughts on uh, Cross My Heart? 
Oh man, I love this song. I I I, I listened to this song over and over when I first got it because it. I mean, the rest of the record's good. This song is super good. <laughs> like it's a very well done song. It's so dynamic. Um, there's all these different sections, and each of them is like got its own great hook. That's like could be its own song, maybe even. Um, and then you kind of get introduced to that really clean guitar tone that he does throughout the record, which, you know, everything I listened to at the time was, uh, heavy distortion, you know, Marshall half stacks, that kind of stuff. You know, it's funny though. He played a Marshall half stack. Yeah, I know. But why? like that and tone I was, was like, not why? around a lot. <laughs> I know, but it was why? like, it was just funny. I was like, why are you playing a Marshall half stack? You had to, that was the law. It was. I think it <laughs> Everyone was an had actual, to have one of those. <laughs> those are the rules. Those were we the same reason. You either had to have a triple rectifier or a JCM, whatever, 900. What was it? Oh, oh yeah. Tri- uh, yeah, triple JCM. rec. Yeah. That's cool. It's rectifying. You can yeah. see the blue lights. It was goes so, to 11. <laughs> it was so funny, though, that, like, you know, I, he- I hear this record. I love this record. I show up to the live show, and he's got a Marshall half stack. And I'm like, how are you going to get that tone out of the Marshall? <laughs> like the one amp you don't want for the tone. It's like, is the, yeah, you it's like, you, like Mesa would have been like, okay, Mesa has the clean headroom kind of thing. Right. It's just not Marshall's thing. It's like, I expected Fender. I expected Vox. Uh, and I feel like it had, like, that is not a Marshall on this record. There's just no way but that that was always a confusing thing but i think you're right everyone had a marshall half stack back then <laughs> you either had a mesa or a marshall half stack in 2002 2003 um kyle what are what are your thoughts um i i did want to update and say that i i'm pretty sure this is resonating as as truth with me that it was the show was with the secret handshake and that's a band that i know nothing about and that makes sense to me because I remember being like, nah, we can show up for Rocket Summer and like getting there. I don't remember that at all. <laughs> so it's probably right because I didn't that, listen to that band either. I mean, I just don't, I, I, it's not, a, I, I, nothing them. I don't even know what they sound I, like. The yeah, name rings a bell, but I, I yeah. have no idea what kind of music they play. So I'll, I'll check them out later. Um, anyway, uh, I agree with you, dudes. Like, but also, Again, I want to go back to that. Like I had bought into this positivity and I really wish I could, I wish I could listen to this record without being impressioned, you know, like having, having it. Well, but uh, I did. I mean, oh, I heard true. the record before I saw him okay. live or anything. Okay. So. Yeah. Cause I just like straight up gave it to him. I was like, listen to this tonight. Like <laughs> honestly, I just, seeing him live was kind of shocking. Cause you, yeah. I mean, he, you're like, he literally. I mean, it's like, it looks like he's on crack. Dude. He's like, he is all over the place. Yeah. He's like, I mean, I assume he's never had a show where he didn't feel into it. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Like, he just seems like the kind of like he's into performing. He loves playing music. Oh, yeah. Clearly, uh, I think they, um, I think he might have shot a confetti cannon. Yeah, at Green Door, and maybe ruined it for us because then Reggie wouldn't let us do. Oh, confetti was he the one? The he might have been the Man, one. Man, Bryce, <laughs> the local venue would not let us do confetti for a CD release show because he was like, "Oh, absolutely not." Because I guess I think it was Rocket Summer that shot it off. And, I'm, yeah, I'm it sure adds I remember up. Remember that? They had to. They, he was and so it was like stuck on the about floor. having to clean it up, yeah, or something. So oh, uh, I bet that was awkward because. I bet Reggie was not into the the, uh, yeah, the Bryce Avery vibe. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Oh my gosh, yeah, I would love this to see them two stand off. Like, how how would that conversation go? It'd be like they're speaking different languages. Like, hey, bud, I sure do love your venue. I will destroy <laughs> you. I will physically fight you. And he's probably like, I look forward to it. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds just spectacular. <laughs> oh my gosh, uh, I th- I'm pretty sure I could be wrong about that, but I I think I know he I I. I remember because I remember being like, "Wow, that's like kind of cool." To confetti cannons for like yeah. a pretty little band, right? Yeah, you're not like every uh, night. Yeah, it's not that. I'm pretty sure it was. I bet. I think that's what ruined. We had the confetti Reggie. cannon there, loaded up, and Reggie was like, "Absolutely not." Oh no, we were ready to go. He was like, "Nope." <laughs> we, but I do. I love the intro of this song. Yeah. I like. We don't have a lot of albums that we do that have a, a slow burn right. yep. intro. It's basically. I think it's been like clarity and there's one other one that <laughs> we talked about burn. that like most of them kind of like kick it off like pretty strong and i kind of like but by the end of this song oh it's we're there it's kicking it, it's a ride like this first song is yeah. a ride um if it's okay with you guys i would like to read a first impression from kara at punknews.org in 2003 i would love to hear it. Share. it's so 2003 <laughs> It's gonna take. It's gonna take you back. Take us right back. I'm like 21. for okay, I'm for ready. real. Maybe I'm maybe I'm overthinking this, but I feel like yep. Okay, this was the headspace. Kara writes, even though Bryce Avery is only 20 years old, he's been working on his solo project since he was 14. On his Militia Group debut album Calendar Days, Avery produced and performed everything almost entirely by himself. Here we go. <laughs> I found the Rocket Summer to be a refreshing pop solo project. I was worried I was going to hear another dashboard ripoff, <laughs> <laughs> but I was instead pleasantly surprised to hear a lot more than whining. I mean, fair enough. No whining. Yeah. There's no whining. Uh, he incorporates good rocking beats in track one. That's fair, and that's that's what I'd like to say Dude, about track one. It should be noted that punk news of the era was like they was were legit. Gnar- well, they were pretty gnarly yeah. on you if you if if like they didn't like you. Like, Dude. there's some pretty brutal reviews from that website. I remember. So that's what I was gonna say. You are you're 100 <laughs> right. And what's weird about this is this article does not read like Kara enjoys it so much. However, she gave it four or she gave it almost a full four stars out of five, and for for punknews.org that was yeah that's that's a a tip of the hat yep so well, i mean this is a good question what what does he sound like what does rocket summer sound oh. like it's not I, so different than i'm like oh my gosh i've never heard anything like this before but like i'm also thinking like wait a minute but like i don't know where like what's their influence is it like their 70s elements pop of, yes that's exactly what you say there's elements of 70s pop like it's Almost influenced by Elton John's Elton and like, Billy Joel. Uh, well, Elton probably a little bit both. Elton's post. Um, sorry, you know, like his post seventies uh, yeah. stuff, like his uh, after Yellow Brick Road, like right. that kind of stuff. Like when he does like Crocodile Rock and stuff. Okay, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> like I, Kyle. I'm sorry. <laughs> Why are you laughing? I was gonna say you asked what he sounds like. I was gonna say he sounds like the music in your head. When your teacher in third grade told you we were going to have an extended recess. (laughs) (laughs) Crazy! That never happened, did it? But when it did. But when it did. I mean, it's his his voice, right? That pushes it to that. It's high register. It's it's got a very young... 
feel to it, yeah. The um, music is happy, but that that voice, it's super unique and it's high and like there's this sounds like this sounds like an insult, but I actually really love his voice, but it does have that helium esque oh yeah vibe. Yeah, kind of nasally mm-hmm. thing. But yeah, I that's why I think people are in or out. On yeah, it. I'm in. I'm in too, all I'm, the way, baby. I'm in on it. it. But okay, let's go to Sky So Blue then. It snowed in Texas, but you Chris Monier, thoughts on? <laughs> Obviously, this song has a, is resonating with me for different reasons. Yes, I still yeah, have. Yeah, we we picked this snowed in Texas <laughs> since Chris. I, I literally like... just wrote any song that starts out with "woes" is okay with me because I, mm. I man, I I could never like incorporate those quite woes and ahs and boobahs like quite right into my music. And then this kid, you know, this little fart knocker comes around. He puts it <laughs> little it just, fart knocker puts it in every song and it's perfect. Um, Differently so, too. Oh no! Right, it's never just—it's not like he's not just like ringing the same bell. Like it's always like a different uh, iteration of it, and I really like that. But yeah, obviously, the, it's the—he's from Dallas. Yep. So um, yeah, it, he needs to update. He needs to do like version two point Like maybe maybe that's his first like really morose, melancholy song. It's about the disaster <laughs> from the snowy in Texas again. That's true. Oh uh, yeah, I, I I've always liked that line, and then like it. And I've thought about it like all Same. the time. Yeah. Since, it stands know, out as a ago. song. It yeah. definitely stands out now too, since uh, it's you know snow apocalypse happened down there <laughs> <laughs> a couple months ago. Uh, Kyle, what are your thoughts on Sky So Blue? I I love it, and and same thing. Like I thought of I thought of this song with uh, with some of your texts uh, over the snow apocalypse, Chris, oh. and and he is a fart knocker, um, <laughs> and also, uh, dude. I am even even over the last week or so listening to this, like I'm in. I buy in the vibe and like nobody's peeing in my punch. I'm gonna freaking I'm smiling and enjoying myself while while I'm listening and and it's happy vibes. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, it's like again, did Militia Group have an album they put out that didn't have a great first two tracks? No. There were some that dropped off very steeply after that. This one doesn't, I don't think. But doesn't. God, I mean, they they, they had that was definitely their superpower. Yep. Was uh, they're like we we can we know what two tracks need to be one and two. Like I, we'll argue often about the last tracks. We will never argue about the order or the songs they picked for the first two tracks on any militia group release. Well, based on. Our experience with them, I think you had to already have those two songs written, <laughs> yes. produced, what are your, uh, paid what are for. Your, <laughs> what are your first two songs going to be on this record? Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. yeah. They had to be done yeah, uh, in the, the can. The, uh, but the budget they offered after the fact wasn't enough to make two more great songs. Yeah, and so uh, yeah, it's a good song. I I really, you know, for some reason, I thought this song was about uh, heroin. Having, no. <laughs> I thought it was about having like someone having died for some reason. I don't oh. know why because now I'm like I don't think that's true, but that's what I remember thinking at the time. So I don't know if I made that up. 
like you know maybe like not right after they die because it's like pretty positive but it, like it does it's like like it reflecting is clear, on, it's about someone yeah. not being there. So it's like, it doesn't not make sense, but I think I was wrong. <laughs> Guys, I want to show you a picture real quick. Okay. It's of Bryce Avery, and it is the hardest he's ever tried in his life to not smile. And like, you just see that it's just like waiting to burst through on his face. Yeah. <laughs> You have to send me the picture so I can put it on. It's uh, it's his iTunes profile picture. Okay, and it's yeah. like if you've ever seen this guy in person, he's constantly smiling. Yeah, and like it, like that looks like he's he's having to try. It's like the smile. photographer was like, "All right, I'm gonna count to three. Stop smiling <laughs> yeah. on three, and because his eyes are smiling. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, he's not mad at me. No. I'm sure in that picture. No way. We'll put oh, it in the show notes. Being forced not to smile. Yeah. Uh, shall we go to This Is Me? Sure. Sorry, I keep turning away from the mic to start this track. Here we go. I don't know what I am doing now, and I won't try. What are your thoughts? I really dig the vibe of this song. Like, it's just a feel-good song. Um, one of my favorite lines in it is, uh, but remember what's right for me might be not right for you. And I have no idea specifically what he's talking about, but it was refreshing at the time because I was a, a younger lad kind of like coming out of a Christian music scene. And, and so it felt like that felt like really, uh, uh, I I know this sounds weird, but it felt really progressive for this dude to say something like that. So that's sad almost, but, but, uh, I, I love this song. It's a good song. Chris, uh, your thoughts. Yeah. That's, do you have the same line? I I literally wrote that down almost word for word. What Kyle said that I love the what's right for me line. Um, yeah, so I'm not gonna say much more about that. Other than you know, the, I think you really do hear the '70s songwriter mm-hmm. vibe like starting to come out um, in this song. Um, I did write, I did write like one little point of criticism, just a tiny bit. That's allowed. Um, is that the yo? Know, we we could save some words. You know, that's kind of a pet peeve of mine. It's <laughs> a wordy. lot of words. He in does it. Wordy. <laughs> this chorus has got a lot he, of uh, a lot of syllables. <laughs> well, I mean, he puts a lot of a lot of yeah things. I mean, there a lot of lyrics. There are a lot of uh, drum things going on. Yeah, there a lot are, of fills. like piano. It's not like doing diamonds. Yeah, it's just like bouncing all over the place. Mm. I don't ever think it gets like. It doesn't get too much, but there are some times where it's like, Ooh, you could die. But I think that's... You could cut a few of those I'll tell words. you what the problem is, and you know who would have done it, is a producer. Yeah, I mean, that's the truth. It, and, and, so Bryce, know, the producer, didn't tell no, Bryce I to mean, take was, some lyrics out of his song? So he was... T- Put your producer hat on, Bryce. <laughs> I have too many syllables. So he would have been 20 when this was no, released. I don't. No, Which I means he did it when he was 19 yep. at the latest. Yeah. Uh, and there's just no way you have... The maturity or the skill set. I mean, like he's clearly very talented. But oh like, yeah, yeah. 
he gets better as the records go on at the production oh, thing. Oh my god, yes. And like, <laughs> yeah. What I like about this record is that it has a, it does have a feel and a sound to it. Even yep. the stuff I don't like about it seems like a choice. Yeah, like, totally. The guitars are like clean and like unbelievably compressed, but it's like that's the sound of the whole record, yep. and it's not like it doesn't sound like a mistake. No, nope, it right. sounds like it was on purpose. And maybe like he's probably, I'm sure he listens to this and goes like, God, I didn't know how to use a compressor at the time, but like it works. Like it's, it sounds great. He I, made a sound. He made a sound and it like, it has a sound. The album has a sound and yeah. I like it. Um, yeah, but you're right. Sometimes he's like cramming. I think that's a very, lyrics in. that's a very common thing for early songwriting is putting too many words. Sure. In but you that's have more, a lot to say. That's it's, more. It's in your heart. You got to let it out, Bryce. Can't cut, I can't cut any words. That's like four songs worth of my lyrics. So. <laughs> like, <laughs> to be fair, I'm always like, God, I have to write one more line. Um, I can't ever think of anything. Uh, yeah, I like it. It's a good song. And I like the, I bouncy is the word I would call all the kind of drum. You're rocking beats. The in your review, rocking Kyle. beats, rocking beats. Uh, but they are like, uh, they're kind of fun. Mm. poppy beats that are not typical around this time no nope, sure not at all uh, not at all typical for the time that's exactly right i wouldn't like i don't love the snare sound on most of it yeah but that's also probably a nitpick if i had to nitpick something all right let's go to saturday Save me. Nice. Kind of cut the very end of yeah, that. Off yeah, nice. that was weird. Um, Chris, thoughts on Saturday? Uh, yeah, um, the drums sound, the toms sound really cool on this. Yeah, they. they I, like, I thought that the drums sounded cool too. I was uh, like, man, yeah. I was listening with a skeptical ear. Yeah, like that. What do they call those um, drum heads that they all used in the seventies with the oil in them, and it got that oh, really. Gosh, yeah, yeah. The, uh, I, I don't know those. I mean, it's like those those heads sounded good for twelve performances yeah you tops. couldn't wear yeah you couldn't like play you couldn't uh and not like traveling in between like you could do like 12 takes and then they were done uh some of the things we talked about with the guitar tone and everything like i feel like it just gets kind of pushed to the front on this uh song and it uh, the guitar just sounds so great and he, he does this thing in a lot of the songs um you guys are guitar players so you'll probably be able to say it better but it's just like where you do the straight quarter notes like gank 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 yep. gank and it just always like brings brings parts of the verse up and like um, I, I don't know. I I like this song a lot. It's it's a it's a really good. I would good love song. to know what amps he used on this though. Like it's just it's gonna drive me crazy because the Marshall was such uh, and I really don't know. Like so often I'm like, oh, that sounds like this or that sounds like this. I don't know if it's the compression or the guitars or what. It was just so weird to show up and he's like got a Les Paul going through a Marshall yeah. and I'm like, that is definitely not. That's not what was on the I record. I don't think that's what's on the record, but I could be wrong too. Yeah. I, I have to know. He could have had an endorsement. Also, I think all three of us are biased because like if a dude was showing up with that, it wasn't it wasn't for this clean compressed sound. No, right? it was, to, it was no. to have a fight with the sound guy right. about how 
I can't believe I used to lug around a half stack, guys. I don't know. I, I think about it, it all the time. Really we can't. Now. We brought. Do you remember? We would take two You've for got, Jeff. Yeah. We had two oh, half had stacks. Both sides. Uh, yes. Yeah. That's right. You guys showed me. I thought that was so cool that you did that, though. That was pretty. Hey, pretty. We, we, would, thought we, were cool. we would do four for local shows. Yeah. Like, we wouldn't lug them on tour because uh, we weren't. That I know. We probably, probably would have. We probably could have not even had a trailer if we would have just been a little like oh, less yeah. egotistical about bigger. It's just funny because Kyle's had to do sitting it, next to my amp that like his chair is almost obscuring. Yeah, I mean that's like, dude. You know, now it's combo one twelve combos for I'm me. I'm telling you though, I, there was an unspoken rule like if you didn't show up with a half stack, like everyone just was like, well, they're probably not gonna rock. Do you do you know who I know did it first? I'm not kidding, Danny. Combo amp, yeah. Yes, Danny was the first. Danny, person I, knew that I, felt a, I felt a little weird about it. Danny I was, like, w- was sure? a he 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 paved the way, man. Do you know how long it took? Danny, uh, by the way, is our guitar player for our band. If if yeah, you're, sorry, this is your first. That's uh, uh, me and Blake's band. So uh, after Danny, Danny did Black. that, though, it only took like a few weeks of being on tour with him getting on and off stage faster than me, <laughs> yeah. and me having a half stack. I had an orange half stack, yep. which that cab weighed a ton, and I was like. I am getting rid of this yeah. thing. And I Dude. literally bought one on eBay yeah. and picked it up out in California. I mean, it was, well, we were, I, it wasn't, it was not super long after that, that we were sharing, we were sharing Blake. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and, and so like, I I've remember, the in both of I remember you bands. bringing the combo amp and being like, is, is that going to make enough noise? Like, <laughs> is this going to produce? <laughs> Dude, I, I, for real, it will ever be seared in my brain when Danny got that because I yeah. was like, "This is a bold move." Like, bad cat wow, combo, the bad cat. That well, thing is awesome, and it too. sounded so awesome. Which one are you guys were telling me about? The YouTube guy that breaks down songs. Uh, well, there's one that does. Yeah, like what makes this song great? Yeah, yeah I forget his name. Man, he uh, was uh, Douglas Bubble Trousers. I think is his name. I don't, <laughs> I don't think that's oh, it. Okay, <laughs> maybe not. And he he was talking about uh, "Don't Stop Believing," and he was talking about the amps that they use for that and it was like a small amp with uh, oh yeah some some device that like helps inflate the sound without you having to turn it all the way up it's probably an attenuator uh, yeah that, and, like... and the guys from boston i get apparently also like wait also just quick side note did you know the guitar player and lead singer bought from boston is like also like a electrical engineer genius and like made all this guitar technology no. yeah kind of cool anyway no, I did not let's, know not, that. let's not spend time on that but yeah you should watch that youtube channel i'll, I'll have, well so yeah yeah most studio stuff is yeah it's vox ac30s right. it's but like do it it's live. matchless I, I think it's just like well a they used to need more volume live you don't now you if don't. anything's mic'd up you don't need it you get better gain uh but i also think there was a little bit of like those old vox amps like the first time I went in a studio and there was one of those old Vox amps, I was like, where's the gain? You know, cause I'd never, first of all, I didn't know I was 19, didn't know what the heck. I mean, I didn't know that this amp was like the Holy grail of okay, amps. The AC 30, the AC 30, yeah. like a 65 AC 30. And, and I was like, where's the gain? And the guy just literally goes like, and just turns the volume. <laughs> I mean, it was just a volume knob. You just dimed it out. And it was like the loudest amp I've ever, but you just like put it in an ISO booth and like, it sounds better than anything I've ever heard before. It's just funny that I was like, it took me like, it was like six years later that I was like, I was playing on a vintage Vox AC30 and I had, and I was like some dumb kid <laughs> asking for like a Marshall JCM 800. If I could just have one of those instead. Uh, anyway, all that 
to pontificate, we're going to try, I'm going to, I'm going to track down Bryce on Instagram and I'm going to see if he will tell me what amps he actually recorded with. Hey, we should I, have done that before we recorded this. I have some, I have something to say about Saturday. Please do. We've talked about this on other records and I don't even know what to call this, but he does like a, a new outro pre-chorus on the, or on this chorus. And it's so freaking awesome. We talk about how people switch up the chorus, you know what I mean? Right. The, like that, 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 um, uh, what is it? I need you to please save me. I want yeah. you to be my baby, or I want to be your baby. It's freaking it's great. awesome. I think of that as like the bridge. Is it a bridge? It's, I think technically, it's, okay. it's in between I accept. two choruses, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, but it but, doesn't but, feel but, like but a normal bridge. See, to me, take a breath and close my eyes is the part. Cause it's different. It's like building. Uh, yeah, That's the right. bridge. So like maybe second bridge or I I don't know. Well, it's like the back half of the bridge. Yeah. It's a long bridge. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll accept. There's two parts of the bridge. I'd call it. But it's it's such a cool. It elevates the song. It's it's good. I agree. It's so. good. Let's go to "She's My Baby." Let know what i'm gonna say i love a six eight song yeah mm-hmm. every time and i especially love it because of the guitar mm-hmm. the, oh, on I the know. triplets that's exactly, it's freaking awesome that's exactly the note i put down that guitar part it's a very it, cool yeah. vibe it makes it even more shuffly feeling even though it's actually yeah. not shuffling at all six eight just kind of always feels like it has a shuffle it's a very mature style of songwriting for such a young guy i mean the song's pretty interesting you know i thought so yeah, I think it's great. Kyle, what are your thoughts? You know, I think so too, but I'd like to know what Kara from punknews.org <laughs> oh. thinks of it. What does she think about it? Do you it? know? I, I do know, and she's about to piss all over what we think of this oh, song. Oh, no. You ready for this? Yeah, let's see. Kara says, one of the main problems... Should I do a voice for Kara? <laughs> That's more of a Karen voice that yeah. you're doing right now. <laughs> well, that works for Kara. Kara. She goes by Karen now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Kara, if... If you're cool. <laughs> uh, she says, one of the main problems I had with this record was the lyrics. Some of them were fine, but others are too cheesy and annoying. Track number five, She's My Baby, for example. I just find it really annoying. It is probably one of my least favorite tracks on the album. That's redundant, Kara, just letting you know. Uh, there's a little too much cheese when he sings, she's my baby, she's good to me, whoa, yeah, you mean everything to me. Track, tr- track six is also pretty annoying. <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds like Kara's just mad she's not someone's baby. I was, exact, I was thinking the same thing. Like, like, Kara just needs some love. Like Kara, chill out. Yeah. He's, he's vibing on, on his sweet thing. Yeah. I mean... I- I mean, like I don't know, like, like what that's. I look, I, I, okay, I get it. Like, if you, if the lyrics aren't your cup of tea, it's just weird that she's my baby. Baby gets used, like, I mean, like they literally named a U two album after it because they were kind of joking about how often they said baby on it. I mean, well, she's criticizing, she's, she's, she's criticizing him 
and talking about it like it's immature. And I don't read it. I, it doesn't strike me as immature at all. Like maybe you don't like the feel good vibe of it, but that's not immature or cheesy. He's just talking about someone that he loves. Yeah, there's that whole scene in Baby Driver about how like, oh, you've got all the songs because like, you know, <laughs> right. like people say that all the time. Like, you know, that's like a common term of endearment. Like, right. Oh, oh, it's not like he called her her cupcake. I, I didn't. Cupcake. Oh, yeah, that would be weird. Yeah, that would like, suck. Yeah. Like, yeah, that bummed me Baby out. Baby like, cheeks that, or anything like that. Yeah. So, here, so here's what she says. And Kara, I'm so sorry if... Kyle's a little obsessed with Kara. Kara's well, probably... Here, to, to be fair, guys, this is the only article outside of a Wikipedia with <laughs> one to, paragraph. You to focus all your energy like, on this article. So I had a lot of time to think about <laughs> picking Kara's review apart. And also, I'm kind of pissed because I'm like, you gave him four stars, so like, why are you going Critics on? Critics have to criticize something. Yeah, you have to say Haters something. Haters gotta hate. Haters so, gotta hate. So this is a great line after, after you talked about the baby thing. She says... Um, it's not that his singing is bad. It's just that the lyrics are too annoying and cliche. Just a note, unless you have a small newborn, please refrain from calling someone your baby. That's what she says. Jeez. Like I said, I think that Kara... Chill the needed, F out, Kara. <laughs> needed a boyfriend. Get, or girlfriend. Get some love, girl. Yeah, I don't care. some affection. Just get, be all. someone's baby, Kara. That's right. Yeah, I Or mean, get a baby. I mean, I, I tend to abbreviate to the babe. I think babe. that's what I Suck, go babe. for is babe, yeah. not hey, babe. baby. I don't think I've ever called my wife. Well, probably have, but it's babe. Babe I think, all the time. I think you're right, but also the office is kind of like taking that from me. Dinner party. Oh, I don't watch the Office. Oh, Blake! I I mean, I I mean, I've I've seen most of it, but not because Elise watches it all the time. But I, I like The Office. Okay, what is happening? Uh, sorry, I'm sorry. What? Is that wrong? I mean, yes, it's fine. fine. (laughs) That seems like a show that you would love. I like Parks and Rec better. Not the first season. No, fair enough. Is that Parks and Rec is really Office comedy? Like Parks and Rec was better. Because Ron Swanson is one of the better characters ever. Anyway, I digress. Yeah, I mean, the point it is... It just really surprised me. I like just me thought too. everybody that was born in the 80s loved The Office. I, I like it. I it was the law. I like it. It's no, fine. no, it's fine. But I mean, it has you're... it has some bad... Like, half the seasons aren't great. Oh, mm. there's some there's some rough... So, the stuff that's tr- funny is yeah. very funny, but... Yeah. Some I'm going to agree to disagree. I respect your opinion. That's okay. That's yes. totally fine. Yeah. That's not a problem. Look, look at us being civil. <laughs> we can, Kyle's, we can at, Kyle's flipping Blake off right now. Just yeah. uh, <laughs> I'm mooning him. Should, should we go look to us being civil? Go to that. So you? Yes. Let's do it. This I swear. This I know. Now, this one, as opposed to the last couple, actually only has a few lyrics. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. where I'm at right there. Yep. It's like, uh, I like this song. I like the roomy sound. I like that it sounds very intimate. Uh, what do y'all think? I, I, I'm, I feel the same way about the production style. The, the, the lyrics on the song kind of bum me out a little bit. Hmm. Just the rhyming scheme is really repetitive. Um, yeah. 
I, I don't think I noticed it when I was younger. I think I noticed it more like re-listening um, when I was doing for this. But, you know, that's just like a minor thing. Um, I, I think we talked about that with the rejects where like the word away was in every song and this one has the same thing. It's either you destroyed that record. Do's. Yeah. It's just I did do not. You. I did not. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so I'm, I'm like in between you dudes because I love, I love the song, but I completely agree. And one thing that always stuck out to me is weird. I feel like it's less weird now that I'm older, but telling, telling her that he's proud of her. It seems strange, and I know maybe this is weird, but like it just seemed out of place. And now I'm all like in my head and trying to understand the psychology behind it. He's like, he's young. It's like super important for like your parents to be proud of you. Like that's like the greatest thing that they could be is proud of you. And so like he's just saying that to his girlfriend. I'm well, proud that, of you. It might you not know? be his like, girlfriend though. Yeah, maybe it's his mom or sister. Yeah, or or pet. <laughs> This song's <laughs> probably about his dog. dog. Uh, I hope I, it's not about his dog. I don't his dog feel, is I don't feel like this is a girlfriend song. You don't think so? No. That's the way I took it. I, mean, I, I wonder I, if I that changes was... the whole thing for me if it, if I think about it not being written that way. It's less strange. <laughs> right? Because I and I'm not I like I'm really not trying to rip on it because I just it just struck me as strange. Like, oh, that's kind of a weird thing to say in the middle of a love song because every bit of the vibe is 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 romantic to me outside of that line. Maybe it is. I don't know. The I am yours and you are mine is the only line that makes me go like, oh, that's about a girlfriend. Because the rest of it, I don't know. It could be about a shadow. <laughs> that's probably it. Now too. it's the best song on the record. It is amazing. It's either his dog. I want to get in this guy's head. Just walk around, man. That's it's either his dog or his shadow. <laughs> it's his shadow. Uh, could be either ones, I guess. Uh, any other thoughts Dude, on the song? Think about if it's a shadow and the title of the song. That's so you. Because it is. <laughs> oh wait, now it's weird again. No, it was cool that he was singing about a shadow until he's like talks to a shadow like that. I think Kyle needs to write a song about his shadow yep. now, though. It's happening. Yeah, please make that. Kyle, go. I just want to be inside your brain for like <laughs> one day. I'm, sell- wanna... I'm selling tickets. <laughs> okay, let's go to. Uh... Mean thoughts and cheap shots. I'm having to turn around and look behind me at the monitor every time. That's that's why you hear hear me on the podcast, like turning around and getting off axis on the mic. Uh, the arrangement for us being in person is not. Uh, I'm in a little tiny. I'm gonna take a picture. Chris is gonna take a picture. Yeah, of me not my, not ideal, but worth it, right? In my tiny corner, so that I can show you guys. Uh, We'd have a better arrangement if we did it all the time. Obviously. Right? We'd yeah. Like do but some, I have. Yeah, I literally is... told these guys last night, like that, I was you know a few miles away from them. Okay, picture taken. Fantastic. Okay, let's go to mean shots and mean thoughts and cheap shots. And we will show. thoughts on mean thoughts and That's cheap shots great song i love this song um i i thought i just think the arrangement of the song is really cool um the, the different parts how they all work together um and then um the ending of the song i just have always liked 
I like it. Blake's taking a picture of me right now, too. I am. So I had to say I like it with a smile, even though I'm miserable inside. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle, thoughts on Mean Thoughts slash Cheap Shots? It is an awesome song. Like, if you don't like that song, whatever, man. I hope you liked it, Blake. Um, I love it. The, the, bo- <laughs> the, the freaking bop, bada, bop, bops. The bop, the- bada, bop, bops, oh, yeah. man. See, that's what I'm talking about. He, he brings bop, all these little... Bada, bop, what is that called? That's like, very doo-wop. Candy. Boo-bobby, bah, like, I could never do I call it. it candy. It well. Oh, candy. Yeah, it's, uh, it's delicious. Even, uh, even and, if it's... And he, even, like, at the end of that, the bop, bada, bop, bop, mm-hmm. he does this, uh, he does this group harmony that's, like, very Queen, Bohemian Rhapsody-like-esque, yeah, like, but, like, it's, it's just for a second, it's, like, one phrase that he does it, and it's... Freaking cool! Uh, it has your clown beat in it at one point. Yeah, it, it, oh, it it's got it all. I forgot about that. It's, it's got, got it all. Um, Circus sex beat. <laughs> no, I love this. I love this song. I think it's great. It's it's one of my favorites on the record. Spoiler alert for later. But um, also, it's cool that he's so positive in like this particular song. He's like, I don't care about the haters. Yeah, he's taking a stance for positivity. Yeah. Sorry, I interrupted you, Blake. No, that's, I mean, that's Way to go, that's a good point. Yeah. Uh, again, like, you know, not a lot of, uh, I can't think of a lot of other examples of, of tunes that are like, you know, I don't want to say empowering. That's not the right word. That sounds really cheesy. But like, you know, yeah. hey, it's going to be okay. Right. Like, you, you know what this song is? I just, It just came to me. What? Ain't nothing gonna break my stride. Ain't nothing gonna hold <laughs> me, me down. It is, yeah. Oh no. <laughs> the P Diddy, the Puff Daddy version. Yeah. Oh, and no. Mace. No. I don't know about that. No, come on. But come it, on now. I liked that one. It was fine, right. but I mean, it seems like if you're taking that much of a sample, it's like just go on, really go for even it. Even like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You're not freaking. Doctor, I, I don't know. I just Doctor Dre was always always better than P Diddy for me. Like oh oh well, as far as I producing, mean, yeah, of course, of course. You're I'm talking saying, about taking like a sample and making it something special. Yeah. Whereas Puff Daddy was like, this song was popular. Yeah, Let's I'll do just that. do that again. Yeah, these, yeah. these <laughs> you know, kids haven't heard this song before. You know, I don't know. That's, that's before not... the kids get mad. I want to say that we've all been very specific in calling him Puff Daddy, oh. which represents Sean Combs at a very specific. Point in time. That's right. This is late. 90s. So don't be all the all the Diddy fans out there. We don't want to hear about it. Is he is he still P Diddy now? No, he's just Diddy. That's right. He so all pop, you Diddy fans in Kuwait, we don't want to hear about it. <laughs> yeah. We were talking about Puff Daddy. Yeah. What? This is also. I mean, like, what? <laughs> this is just tangent. Let's just go on it for just one second. Why? Why do rappers specifically? Um, change their names all the time. Is there a thing? That's just gotta be marketing. But did it's someone diff- start it? No, I, it's, I have dude, no idea. it started in the Bible, Blake. Okay. <laughs> what? Like so- when, when major things happen in people's life. One name, time though. <laughs> their names were changed. It was only one time though. <laughs> it was only like, it was only like, okay, now you are Abraham. You yeah. are Abram. You're Abraham now. I'm just, I'm just saying that's where they got it from. It wasn't Abra Diddy or something. <laughs> Abra Diddy. A little, a little bit later. I don't know. Just curious. If anyone can tell hey, me. Diddy, if you, if you hear this, let us know. And Peace. the Lord saideth, the more money I no have, money. the more problems I do have it. <laughs> but like, okay, but here, like, just from a marketing standpoint, what, you're just starting over? Like, you already had a name and everything, and you've like, and now I just feel like, is 
<laughs> it just feels like you're going, nah, I'm just going to get rid of that. Do Don't you, think, you like- think, though, that it, it couldn't have happened now? It 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 worked for the time, like yeah, in particular true. Puff yeah. Daddy. It worked for him because of the time. Like, but aren't there other ones that do it too? I think I feel like there have oh, been some ones recently. I, I've I've never known anybody that's done it as much as Puff Daddy. No, he did it over and over. And right. so, He's like to me, it. I feel like in the digital age, people are like, no, I don't have time for that. You know what I mean? I like, I got my domain. A different thing. I got my artist was like, page. I was like Puff Daddy, and then it was P. Puffy. Puffy. P. Yeah. Because that's the other problem, right? Like, with iTunes and Spotify. Like, what do you search for? Yeah. Yeah. What, what do you under? search for, by well, the I'm way? I'm sure it's all under whatever. I'm sure he changes all of it to yeah. match the current moniker. So the artist for Mo Money, Mo Problems would be Just like the freaking Diddy. Dixie Chicks did. Yeah, but they only did it once. I'm not and... familiar with the Dixie Chicks, Blake. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's a pop, pop. I'm never gonna call them the chicks. Just so you're. <laughs> it's a pop. pop oh yes, band. I know who you're talking about now. Sorry, it's a trio Dix- of women. Dixie is racist, isn't that like French for ten? I'm I, sorry. <laughs> I have no <laughs> like, idea. What? Anyway, it's like uh, anyway the the changing name things. It just seems like a hassle. I wouldn't yeah. want to do it. I'm yeah. not a fan. All right, let's go to movie stars and supermodels. Well, I wonder when she thought it was a show. Kyle, what are your thoughts? I mean, he's hitting us with a new kind of bapa on this no. one. So, this is actually a sad song. Yep, yeah. it's the only one, but it's like it's not depressing, if that makes sense. But in the sense that like he's trying to be uplifting about it, but it is sad. That verse that I played the clip of is like super sad. <laughs> I think I don't know why I'm laughing about it, but I just <laughs> <laughs> sorry awkward laughter. Uh, I've just always thought I was like, oh man, that kind of hit me when I was. Uh, uh, 19, 20 year old, whenever this came out. Uh, so g- going along with what you're saying, I will say, and we do this all the time, but I'm going to, I'm going to go there. Th- should this song not be in front of TV family? Because thematically it ties. It does tie. And I'm not saying I, I like what we hate. We make, I like the song just fine. Yeah. But it's weird to me because like the the themes the themes of this song reoccur in TV family. In like he puts a positive spin on it. That's so true. it's it's like I don't know. I guess lyrically, thematically, I I've always felt like the the these two sh- songs should be bunched together. I do love the line uh like the well hey we think we're ugly too. Like I, I've always really liked that line. I mean, just kind of like, hey, we all, none of us are super into ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, it's kind of a thing that everyone goes through. That's where I'm like, oh, it's a little sad, but it's like it's also a little encouraging, uh, if that makes sense. But yeah, mm. I'm I'm with you. But maybe it was because they were similar enough that he yeah. wanted some separation. Space it out. Oh uh, yeah, like just not thematically, but like the way the yeah yeah, yeah I got you. Chris, what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, dude, I dig this song. Um, that I just like Kyle said, the the bababas with the glockenspiel. It sounds like there. Yeah. I always love uh, when you bring when you bring some fancy instruments to the to the game. Um, I wonder who played it. No, I'm just kidding. It was probably Bryce. 
<laughs> it was definitely Bryce. Uh, my, yeah, it's a good song. I like it. Indeed. Any other thoughts on uh, on the on the tune before we go to track nine? Okay, then it <laughs> is uh, what we hate we make. What are you smirking about over there? Well, okay. <laughs> I'm going to go off on a small tangent, but That's I have okay. to say you the part you grabbed That's is good. it is good. That note that he goes for yep. is just so He does that a lot on this record, which yeah. that's the only clip I got that's like that. But like Man. He, he goes for the like high long note. And yeah. and we should probably mention that like live he's going for it the whole time. Oh yeah. Like vocally every I don't know like, how he does it. No. No, because it's whole all tour. right it, it, at the top yes. of the register. Yeah, it's the uh, it's the pul- the, pul- the the pulsing vein right yeah. on, <laughs> on his on his neck. But okay, so for the entirety of me listening to this album, since the first time I heard it, I giggle every time I hear this song because it it probably wouldn't have happened this way if not for the middle school choir that he added on here. But the way that they enunciate hating is Hayden. And I always picture that there's this kid that everybody hated <laughs> named Hayden. And they're like, there's no time for Hayden. And like Hayden is in this room by himself. He wasn't allowed to sing on it. And he's just like crying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I do know it's his little sister's sixth grade choir yeah. on it. So what? Yeah. Yeah. Are you serious? Which I love. When That's I first so sweet. when I first got this record, I think I I either emailed or wrote him a message or something like that. I was like, dude, the 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 girl choir on that is like the best move. Like oh, I love awesome. it. Like and it wasn't. And I remember thinking it was like bold because yeah. like you know you're kind of in this time when I think I feel like everyone's taking themselves really seriously, yep. and um and obviously things are a little bit more I don't know you know, emo or whatever. And, and, and I feel like putting a sixth grade girls choir on your record was like, Whoa, that is bold the move. opposite. It was kind of a bold move. And I just remember being like, I really like it though. Cause it really did like add a real sweetness to, yeah. to the song. Um, and I think it's like the thing that I just go, Oh, okay. Now I love the song. Um, I think without it, I don't know that it works. Like if it's a chorus of Bryce singing that, it just doesn't work. The same. <laughs> or if it's a choir of a, a normal adult people, yep. I don't think it works. But the kids, I like it. Christy, yeah, it adds an innocence. Got any thoughts? I I just always liked this song. Um, it, it so I like the lyrics. What we hate, we make. Um, and then yeah, it, <laughs> in a time with with all these like dark sad lyrics you know a lot of the albums we talk about this show are are like they are very emo <laughs> you know and then this guy's like bam sixth grade choir bam it's my sister we're all gonna bam, hang papa. out i'm gonna just belt papa. over the top of it um and yeah yeah no I, I 
you, I almost wanted to absolutely despise this song the first time I heard it because it just seems like something that, like every like punk rock bone in my body would have been like, you hate this, you have to, <laughs> you cannot like this song. Right. And God help me, I couldn't help it. I just love it. You know, <laughs> like it's just so sweet. I like it. It's got a Burt Bacharach vibe. To yes, it. that is exactly yep. what it is. Yep. And uh, you know, I that's. That's the influence. It's like Burt Bacharach. It's like, um, it's probably like a little like Neil Diamond. Yeah. Not this song specifically, but like him. Yeah. It's like, I think Neil Diamond, Burt Bacharach, and Neil's uh, a good one because even like, you know, they share the vocal uniqueness, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think, I think that's voice. where, which is like 70s, right? Those are both yeah. 70s oh, yeah. pop kind of um, songwriters. Yeah. They were around in the 70s. So yeah, I just didn't know if those started. In the sixties or those, I'm not sure. 70s. So I think the seventies, both those, for the most part. Um, yeah, that's a great, great point, Kyle. I think you're, I think you're absolutely right. I can hear that. All right, let's hey, go. Thanks. To, let's go to the final track, which <laughs> is TV thanks, Family, <laughs> track ten. Here we go. good time to talk about something we haven't talked about his falsetto is so good <laughs> it's on right point on money yeah i have always sucked at falsetto i am terrible at it i can't do it i just i'm like if i'm going for that note i'm going for it and uh i just his i like the falsetto uh that he does on this record a lot he doesn't do it as much on the record following it he kind of goes for the like the like the growly gusto. kind of gusto kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Not quite screamy, but like, um, and, but it's just, it's very pretty mm-hmm. in a good way. Kyle, what are your uh, thoughts on the final track TV family? So I really like it. And one of my favorite things about this song, it, this may be weird, but, uh, I think it's really it's like really special that we've get that he is singing a song about his like personal faith yeah. and it doesn't feel I'm going to use, I don't know what the right word is. Like it doesn't feel, um, preachy, preachy or corporate. Like it's like, Hey, this song, I wrote this song about me and what I think. And like, you can just listen to it and have your own opinion, but he's, he's, it's just it's like his own story of what he thinks and because of that we're just kind of listening we're just kind of listening to it and it just it sounds so nice you know what i mean like um i i don't know i i it's i think anybody that listens to christian music or has listened to christian music at any time can feel like it's manufactured and this seems like a conversational Christian song, which I don't know if that exists outside of this. I haven't heard many songs like this where someone is singing about their faith and it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like I'm at church or someone's trying to sell me something. He's just telling me a story. For me, they're all uh, not quote unquote Christian artists. Yeah, my favorite. Songs oh yeah, definitely. In in that vein, yeah, are um, 
are like this. Yep, absolutely. Where it's like, oh, that just feels real. Yeah, we're just we're just getting a peek into his life. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah hey, he's this not. One, he, this is one thing about me. Also, abs- absolutely. I mentioned some other things. This is something else I'd like to share. Yeah, yeah. Yep, absolutely. I, I think you yeah hit the nail yep. on the head there, Kyle. Uh, Chris, that, any thoughts? Uh, those are the exact same notes I had. I uh, for somebody who grew up you know in the church and listening to a lot of like contemporary Christian mm-hmm. music like Audio Adrenaline and the Newsboys, Audio-A. and it's like it's real on the nose, like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> real, um, real on the nose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's fine. It's great for some people. I'm not knocking that for what it is, but uh, you. Know, I real, mean, real life. None of us like it. <laughs> Well, but but real life. I just wanted to say you said it was fine. Well, but okay, here's the difference. The difference is that I think I liked it then. (laughs) And here's and it's but I thought I had good health. I didn't like it. (laughs) It's also different because like you, like I mean, this is just the difference between pop music and it's like you write a pop song. You're trying to be as applicable to multiple people's lives as possible. Like, sure. Cause you want everyone to feel like, Oh, like I've felt like that. And so you've got to be broad yep. with pop music and really, you know, contemporary Christian music. You was ever had pop a bad day for, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And so, but like, whereas this is like, so personal that it's like, it couldn't possibly be contemporary yep. Christian music yep. thinks it's doing what this is actually. Yeah. Doing. That's yeah. a really good way to put it. And, and yeah. like I said, to be fair, that's kind of all pop music. It's like, yeah. you know, it's just like the, I'm trying to think of another song like that. Where it's like, there's the generic, like, Oh, I'm sad because a girl broke my heart. That's like relatable. That's relatable. Yeah. And it's broad. Whereas like, if you know, a song about, your girlfriend dying or something is like, of well, a specific, we're, 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 we're narrowing it down a we're little bit. We're narrowing it down right, or right. like, or whatever it is. I mean, like, you know, Di- it gets, died of a harpoon accident, scuba diving in Hawaii. Like, right. it's like, it's less I feel personal. That. Yeah. I feel it. Very personal, but like, people aren't going to relate That's going to hit possibly. hard for those that do relate. No, it would, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Either you can't relate to the song at all or it's the, it's it, devastating. It, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> it's like a Beck and Cosmo. <laughs> Uh, eating that jerky in the water (laughs) uh yeah but i mean so that i would feel like this is like that glimpse into something where and maybe you know i think people can relate to it but you know you're not and i don't think he you know you especially a couple hours later obviously i think you clearly like hear some lyrics where he's like kind of in the business this is so fresh faced and like, oh, yeah. yeah. And then like, you know, there's the rather write a song than a business plan, uh, song. And it's like, you know, you can tell it's like someone wants him probably to write these more like generic pop songs. Yeah. He's like, I can just write like what I'm trying to write, like what I feel yeah. at the time or what experiences happened to me. It's hard for like, he does not seem like the kind of songwriter that's like, I'm going to write a song about like, I write all the time where I'm like, this did not happen to me. This is yep. like, I am making this up yep. uh, because it works with the vibe I want to go with or whatever. And, but do you not put yourself in, in that place when you write? It depends. I mean, there's not normally, always, there's normally sort some nugget, but yeah. then I'm normally like greatly exaggerating. Okay. Some of the rest of the stuff. I mean, like that new EP I did. Yeah. It's like, that drive song. It's like, I, I've never lived in California. I'm you not don't leave. just drive. I don't. Yeah. I'd like none of that stuff I has happened to me. I just <laughs> <laughs> never will never have. So, you know, it's like, uh, but I feel like he's always writing about something that like he feels right then. Like, yeah. I don't feel like any of it is like made up. It yep. feels, it feels really real and stuff. So, 
Uh, okay, well, let's go to, uh, I guess, any other thoughts on the tracks before we jump to kind of uh, the, the next segments we, we do? I, I'm a huge fan of a 10-song album. I Me like it. Me too. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. I do, you know, uh, sometimes I'm like, oh, I just want, I want more. Uh, but well, I you am, had one more track and none of us have heard it. How weird is that? Um, We've discussed it. We're it's, always complaining about bonus tracks too. Yeah. I'm guessing it's not very good. Yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. He, yeah, she's a seven. Seems to go against the vibe of this album. You would just think that you would have heard it by now. Yeah, you're like right. on a vinyl re-release or something. It's not even on that B sides one album. See. Look at look at that B sides one I'm that came out right just now. recently, and see if it's on that or B sides and rarities. It is not. Well, so it must not be good. Yeah, you're right. Why, he's literally got a whole album of B-sides and rarities, and he doesn't put the bonus track from the Japanese release. I think he did well in Japan, actually, by the way. Which he went makes, on tour there. Which makes all the sense in the world. It seems, yeah, it seems like he, he se- like if he what Like, if you told me this was Japanese, like he was Japanese, I'd be like, that's, I get it. That makes sense. You mean if someone handed you Rocket Summer and said this is a Japanese band that's trying to sound American? I would have believed it. Okay, yeah. Like, cause I like, right. I mean, just the vibe of yeah, like yeah. their pop kind of culture right. and they like, pop, yeah. you know, just like, and everyone we've ever talked, like uh, talking to Jamie, uh, playing in Japan, he was like, it's just different than anywhere else. It's like, they just sit there totally attentively and watch you and then like clap politely in between songs. <laughs> there's no, like, <laughs> there's not like, it's not like they're screaming and yelling yeah. and jumping around. They're just like, so into what you're doing. Um, sounds awesome. And, uh, anyway, so. Uh, I'm with you on that, though. That makes sense. Okay, so let's go to our next part, where we talk about our lasting impressions. Uh, does it hold up, fellas? I say yes, but I also am incapable of removing myself from this entire vibe. And, you know, like, I don't know what, what people think of The Rocket Summer that haven't seen him live, that don't that, that haven't seen how genuine and authentic this guy's happiness is. Uh, but man, like this last week listening to it, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get a little weird. Like I have been happy <laughs> listening to this music. Yeah. You know, I think my, this is a weird litmus test for me, but like playing stuff for my girls who are seven and five tends to be a pretty good, like, is this, is this a moment Does it hold in time? Up? Yeah. Kind of thing, because like if they like something, like it doesn't matter yep. when it was from. Like they, they will stop me. Like you know, I just a lot of times in the car, it's just like put on the Spotify solid tunes playlist, which has I don't know thousands of songs or something. I don't know how many songs are in there. Uh, but you know, and they'll they'll kind of perk up and be like, "Hey, wh- who's this? Or what is this? Who's this? And it'll be everything from the Beatles to something that came out last year or something. And I feel like if something peaks there, so I'm I need to play this for them. Oh yeah, and see if it. Yeah, do see it. if they think it's if they like it. I'm not saying their taste of music is like the judge all of of music being so, good, but it does make me. It's like, am I just nostalgic for this from 2003, or do I is this good and still relevant and holding up? Like, would would they? We're gonna hit them with the TBD. There's then? a there's a Sopranos episode where like. This guy, he's like, he used to be in music and, and one of the, I don't know much about the show. I just remember this one episode and, um, has nothing know. to do with singing soprano, by the way. 
Oh, dang it. <laughs> I was watching the whole show waiting for the opera scene. Um, anyway, the, they, they're trying to show him, they're trying to show this old music producer who like worked with Sinatra and like all these old artists, this song. And it's like this new pop artist and they're investing all this money into her and they play the song. He's like, mm. he's like, I don't like it. And they were like, well, you don't understand today's music or anything. He's like, no, good song's a good song. He's like, you just know when you hear it. Yeah. That is I very feel true. like your, your daughters are perfect because yeah. they don't have any frame of reference. They don't care about the lyrics. Like, does it make me feel good? Do I want to hear it again? That's all that matters to them, right? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so it's probably the perfect test. It's yeah. I think I think you're absolutely right. I think it it translates. So we'll see it. So maybe I'll try that and I'll I'll uh, you know update you guys next podcast. Yeah, please they do. hated it. <laughs> Doesn't hold up. Does not hold up. Doesn't work. Uh, I mean, not that. Like I said, sometimes they hate stuff that I love, and I'm like, you're wrong. Uh, it's fine. Uh, wrong answer. Uh, is it their their best album? Either one of you have an opinion on that? I don't think it is. Me neither. But it's very good. It it it. A, a very young person making an album yes. by himself. It's, it, it's a spectacular it's, piece of music based on that, but no, he, he does great yeah, I don't things. don't hold it against fact. him yeah, at all. Yeah. He was 19. Yeah. I, I, I was making like way worse stuff at 19. <laughs> yeah. He's kicking I mean, my like, butt. This is a yeah, great 19, album. 19 year old Chris was not and self-producing. I, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, this is, and, and on, on top of just like writing the songs, all the other things that came along with it, producing, writing, playing, all the stuff. Uh, Kyle, what are your, what are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think I agree with you guys. I, I do think you mentioned earlier, Blake, how like he created this sound and that's pretty special. Yeah. Um, and I don't know that the other records, although I think he has better records, I don't know that like, they're just such a cohesive sound to them as much as this one. That is a fair point. And, and so like, I, it, I almost don't even want to include this. It's not the same. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even though it is, it is the rocket summer, but, um, but no, I mean, I, I agree. Like he put out, he put out better stuff than this, but man, like freaking 38 year old Kyle is trying to catch up with 14 to 19 year old Bryce still. You know what I mean? He, he was, he, he had, this was a special album moment in time for him. And take away the sounds yeah, and even just the songwriting. Yeah. I think he got a lot better. Um, yeah. I think it, the thing is, is that he obviously like, committed himself from a young age. Like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a singer songwriter. Uh-huh. I'm going to learn all this stuff. If I had that laser light focus, like maybe I could have like in five years from 14 to 19, like come out with something. But you know, a lot of us, our musical journeys were a little more scattershot. You know, it's like I'm gonna try hanging out with these guys, and that doesn't work. Right. And yeah. we share band members, and so he was obviously like, "No, I'm doing it this way." <laughs> so, what's it. your preferred album? Uh, I mean, I think these first three that he does are all really good, um, and there's really not anything bad about any of the three of them. I think "Do You Feel's the best of of those three, but. I think they he kind of does this. I feel like he Sa- ramps that up. one sounds real good too. Sounds real good. So the, good. The the songs really good. It's got a couple of my favorite bridges of like all time mm. on on it. Uh, and I, also that album was out like it, I really related to that the lyrics on that album like a lot. Uh, and so I think it probably is a little more personal than it is even just like analytical or something. But and his newest one is actually really good too. Um, I cannot remember the name. It's got a B on the on the cover. Okay. Um, uh, Sweet Shivers. Yes, it's really good, Dude, and it has a sound. Yeah. And 
you guys should definitely listen to it. It's, I have it's it. very I'll check good. It out. I didn't I didn't love the couple albums that came out before him, even though like one of them was like really well reviewed and everyone loved it. And I'm, I so I need to give it another shot. Um, but the newer one was I really like. I'm into cool. it. So you guys might check that out. Um, okay, let's talk about Desert Island songs. Two or three of your favorites, Kyle. Okay, so I'm gonna go with Cross My Heart just because of the build into like just the super fun party. Um, I think mean thoughts and cheap shots because of the vibe. And then I really, I, I love the perspective of TV family so much and that he gives us instead of something that feels preachy, he gives us what feels like a really special look into his life. Yeah. I'm going to choose that one. Chris. Nice. Uh, cross my heart. You can't not put that one on. The, well, you could like, it's up to you. <laughs> <laughs> no that's pressure. the second time See that's happened this time where two of us agree. And, and Blake's like, <laughs> and Blake's like I guess mm. you could disagree. Um, yeah. Cross my heart. I, I, I always like sky. So blue, uh, you know, those two tracks are powerhouse. I know I'm kind of like, um, going with the obvious choices here. Um, and then I just love the song Saturday. Uh, yeah, ironically, today is the farthest we're, we're doing this on a Sunday. It's the farthest day from mm. Saturday, so uh, that's true. It resonated even more with me today. Uh, man, it is hard for me on this record. I think that I would go. Um, I think TV Family is definitely in there for me. Mm. I love that run. I think it's also movie star, or sorry, Mean Thoughts and Cheap Thoughts. <laughs> mean Thoughts and Cheap Shots. And then for the third one, I think I go Sky So Blue. But it's really it's between you know it's really hard between that and a couple other ones. Cross my heart is pretty close there, but I think I, I'm gonna let skies so blue barely edge it out. Um, what about nobody's perfect? Is there is there a song you dump of these ten fellas? It's a lean list. Nah, I'm not I'm not dumping one. I don't think I am either. I mean, um, I don't agree with Kara about. She's my baby. No, nah, Kara's way wrong. I think she's wrong about that. Actually, I might put I might put She's My Baby on Desert Island just to spite Kara. Yeah, I mean it's got the six eight vibe and that I mean yeah. like she just didn't like the word baby, it sounds like. I, I think that was her big problem. She's got hang ups. She does. You know, these music reviewers that carried so much weight back in the day, like they were probably they were just like regular people like with day jobs. They like, were probably the like side, his right? age. Yeah. yeah. Probably like twenty to you know. Um, grower not a shower. What's the song you didn't like at first, but now love, if any? Um, oh gosh, I think for me that's so you is kind of the yeah, one that like that's, that's it a, was not. I didn't like it. It was just kind of the chill. It's different. One in the middle that I didn't think much about, but I I've grown to appreciate more. Um even though we don't know if it's about his girlfriend or dog. Oh, or... we'll find out. What was the other shadow. one that you thought it might be? His shadow. shadow. His shadow. Hey, and actually, can you please be. reach out to him in like in conf- with confidence? Like, Bryce, we're having this argument. Uh, we're pretty sure this song is about your shadow. Could you confirm? Yes, please confirm. <laughs> confirm, deny. Uh, Chris, do you, have a, do you have one? Grow or not a show for me. I, I mean, I don't know. Like, when I was releasing the album this week... Um, the boldness of the cheese of what we hate we make with the with the choir, <laughs> I I had to be like, dude, that's that's just a baller move, man. Because like all this, once again, I know I, I said this before. I just think it bears repeating. All of the sad like eyeliner emo stuff going on in 
homeboy just comes in with his sixth Middle grade school sister. Choir. So I really enjoyed listening to that song this week. As a matter of fact, when I was listening to it uh, with the with my twin boys listening, they were um, they were they kind of like, perked it. up right. of that song. So uh, yeah. That's uh, not quite same as Blake's test with his daughters, but but it works. Yeah, <laughs> I mean even even my eleven month old will like yeah. start bobbing around when he like, he was doing that to ACDC earlier. I was like, absolutely, oh, that's what I like to hear. Uh, any other any other final thoughts on on the record or or Rocket Summer in general? I think one thing I remember about this record is, and I can't I can't say this about many records, is I remember thinking like oh this guy's gonna have a good career like this is just, this guy is just oozing talent so um way to go man that was cool cool job good good job like writing that record by yourself and like you basically like put a stamp in the in the music industry that's like oh this guy's gonna he's gonna grind it out and he's gonna keep making good music and boy he did he's, he's still been doing albums. it for yeah you know what is that 18 years now yeah I, I, like other artists that remind me of that too are like butch walker like mm-hmm. who just like they're just always going to keep making music and you can like it you can not like it. they don't care like they're just going to keep doing it so i have a lot of respect for for that drive and um sticking with it yeah he clearly uh loves doing it yeah i mean i don't think there's any reason you stick around doing it for that long because it's not like he's a huge artist or something no. uh but he's doing okay I yeah i think yeah, and I, I, that's a really good point, Chris, because I'm just thinking about uh, when we did the Atari's record and Chris Rose said that hit, hit the the uh, the determining factor in who they signed with, at that time they signed with a major label because he wanted this to be his job. He wanted music to be his job. And, like, obviously Bryce didn't do that. He did end up on a major label. He but, yeah, was on the... But he's made a career of music. Yeah. And... I mean, for anybody that loves music or is chasing that dream, you gotta, you gotta respect that. So. And it comes in all different shapes and sizes. I think yeah. almost everybody thinks as a career in music as either you're famous and you know you take a limo to the airport, right. or, or not. But there, there are some in between guys who, yep, just grind it out. They gotta play a lot of shows to pay the bills, and they just keep doing it because they love it. You know, the one thing that I literally just thought of is I do remember. Uh, I mean, it would have been after this. It would have been couple years after this album came out uh if not more but like i do remember on absolute punk or somewhere like that like he was looking for a guitarist and i was what? like and i was like half going like man that would be fun yeah but obviously i didn't want to leave our band or whatever but there was part of me that was like god that would be really fun to like play in that band uh oh, yeah. Dude, every sure. night you would have had a blast um but uh you know I just, I, you know, I, I feel like. Thanks for not leaving us, Blake. Yeah, no, you're welcome. I mean, I, well, I don't know that, you know, wouldn't, have, don't know if it would have made a big difference. No wouldn't it, what, it wouldn't but, have even been like leaving. It probably would have been like, hey, I'm going to go do this tour with these guys, with this guy for a while. Yeah, yeah. I'll I catch think you later. This would have been a fun thing to do. My friend but, Bryce has this project I want to go help him with. He wouldn't have told you it was Rocket Summer. Yeah. <laughs> so not to crush you. So not to, <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying I could have made the band. He's very talented. I bet you have to be. Really good at guitar. Yeah, but in the, this version of events, you definitely would have made the band. You think so? Well, you know, when you're telling this, sorry, I I personally think that as in music, whenever you decide not to try out for something, you are always assuming you yeah. were going to get in, right? Oh, right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So we, for the sake of the story, you would have been rocket summer. He's like, no problem. he's like, wait, you only play five instruments? <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
Next. Yeah, next, please. <laughs> I didn't think about that, yeah. Yeah, you uh, got Underperforming in the volume of instruments I can play department. Yeah, I think the downside of being in that band is that he could tell you exactly what you're doing yep. wrong no matter what instrument you're playing. Oh, yeah. I, you know what I mean? I only played in one band where the, the guitar player used to be the drummer in the band. And, I mean, if I, like, did a five... <laughs> It's a nightmare. Uh, like a, a you know a five note roll, and I did I added six. He'd be like, <laughs> "What was that?" And every and everybody like looking at me like like he's about to like look at you. And yeah, he was like, "It's, it's usually five on the records, five notes, oh. five five snares." Oh. Like, uh, okay, got Sorry, it. Sorry, just Check. I took a little artistic freedom there. <laughs> All right, we'll do five. Well, and you know, like when you're playing, uh. uh just the, the kicks in between the snares, you know, like even if I would do like a no, 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 no. I had to learn every single thing exactly how I played it. Hopefully Bryce wouldn't have been like that to you because you definitely would have been in the band. He right, wouldn't definitely. have. And if he was, he'd have been just smiling ear to ear. Blake, you're really good. <laughs> like compliment just, with like a sandwich. You're not as good as the guy that played on the record. <laughs> Don't ever play that note again, but I like you and you're a nice guy. I really like what you're trying to do with the song. It's not at all what I want you to play tonight <laughs> at the show. Cool. Are we, are we good? Are we good? Just talking me down, but in the nicest way. Uh, that'd be great. All right. Well, thanks for listening. And again, if you like what you hear, please consider giving us a glowing five-star review, right? That's what we'd like. Uh, we'd also like if you subscribe to the podcast, so it just shows up on your phone or whatever you listen to your podcast on. You can also send us comments, disagreements, or suggestions, or if you know what, uh, that song's about if it's about Bryce's shadow or not. Yeah. Uh, to info at finding emo pod or on any of the social medias at, at finding emo pod, uh, we are coming up on this podcast being a year old oh my God. Uh, in April. And so we have got a couple of uh, one more episode and then we're going to do, uh, we've just decided we're going to do a Jimmy world record for every, every year yep. that we do this. So, I love that. So we're going to come up on bleed American in a couple episodes. Uh, and, and we're, we'll see if we can get, we'll try to get Jim Atkins. So I mean, it's going to happen. Probably not. It's He's also on my wall right it's, here. It's also yeah. going to be super long. It will be, yeah. Sorry, it will, like it will get ready. You're gonna Maybe have to need like a podcast for each track. Maybe we you're just gonna take to... us into June. I mean, first of all, I feel like we've hit our stride with banter. The first episode, we were like, "What are we gonna say to one another?" Are, yeah, do we need to have a clip show? Do we have enough uh, uh, enough ear candy to give people like uh, uh, some? That um... would take too much time for me to go in and find the clips, <laughs> guys. I'm not gonna lie. All right, so that is it for us. Uh, we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.